Hey, everybody, it's JT from Grilling at the Green. John Breaker and the great folks at Birdie Ball have a short time offer for all of you listeners. You just go to birdieball.com, and when you place your order, there's a place on that form for a discount code. Use G-A-T-G. That's G-A-T-G. Of course, it stands for Grilling at the Green. And you will get 20% off anything you order from birdieball.com. Now, it's a short-time offer. It expires in about a week, so you want to get on it. Go to birdieball.com, place your order, uh, use the code G-A-T-G, and get 20% off. You heard it here on Grilling at the Green. It's time for Grilling at the Green. Join Jeff Tracy as he explores the golfing lifestyle and tries to keep it in the short grass for the hackers, dew sweepers, and turf spankers. Here's Jeff. Just open up the door and let's take good times in. Hey everybody, welcome to Grilling at the Green. I'm your host, Jeff Tracy, or as people call me, JT. Uh, This is the show where we talk to the people and the characters that actually make golf fun. And they've all contributed at one point or another something to the golf industry and the golf world. The show can be heard here on uh, KPAM 860, The Answer. Here in Portland, KSEY in Wichita Falls, KO, what is there? Uh, KFAQ back in Tulsa, and then back in uh, Pennsylvania, WEEU. And we've got some more stations coming online. Uh, we'd like to thank the folks at uh, Painted Hills Natural Beef, Beef the Way Nature Intended. You can find them online, and they have a little store locator. You can put in your zip code, I think, and see if you can find Painted Hills somewhere near you. Um, Brand new shoes. Everybody likes new shoes. And if you're a golfer, you like golf shoes. Um, I will say that. Uh, I've got quite a number of pair of them, and I try to rotate them through. But uh, something new is at the market. We've got uh, Robert Winskowitz with us today. The designer, the founder, the devil may care flying fool of Squares Golf Shoes. Bob, how are you? I'm doing great, Jeff. Thanks. Uh, Thanks for having me on. Appreciate it. How did you come up with the square toe thing? I mean, I'm I come from the cowboy world originally. So square toed boots were you know, we've had those for 200 years, but uh I'd never seen them in a golf shoe before. Yeah, it's interesting. Uh, if you read Phil Knight's uh book The Shoe Dog, right? Uh, one of the chapters where they're talking about developing you know, the shoe for proper gait and running and this and that, one of the things that really pushed forth was more room in the toe box that you mm-hmm. need. And the interesting thing is when you start angling your toes to the center of a shoe, it's you start losing functionality of your foot. And people want to talk about a kinetic chain that it goes all the way up your leg and this and that. But it's interesting. You can do a little exercise where you sque- you take your hand and you put it straight out in front of you. You move your wrist up and down easily, but then squeeze your fingers together and try to do the same thing. You'll feel a little tension on your wrist. It's the same with your feet. So first of all, it makes perfect sense that you need more room in the front of the shoe so your toes can sit naturally. Because in the game of golf, balance and stability is everything without it. Without it, you'll never have a consistent golf game. So it was this balance and stability that we were really after. So one day, you know, and I had worked in the golf industry. My my last job uh, in the golf industry before I 
before I started this company, I was the senior vice president of mar- sales and marketing for Arnold Palmer. So I ran Arnold's golf company uh, for a number of years. Sure. And uh, it was interesting. We used to do a lot of testing on clubs and swing speed and things of that nature. But one thing we realized is ground force, which really wasn't talked about, still isn't talked about enough as your interaction with the ground and how you create power in the golf swing. So one of the things I was doing was, you know, this was uh, marinating in my head. And uh, uh, one day I was at the the practice range uh, meeting a friend there and I came from work and I was wearing a square toe dress shoe. So back in the 90s, uh, square toe dress shoes were very popular. Sure. And so I grabbed one of his irons and I started hitting balls and I felt as though I was more balanced, more stable. Uh, I could look down and and feel that I was parallel left to my shot. Um, all of this thing came into play. And I said to myself, geez, you know, why is it that somebody hasn't uh, developed a shoe that's got this type of functionality? And uh, that was the beginning of the uh, of, of of squares at that point. Had you, I mean, running uh, Arnold's company and the marketing and stuff, that's one thing. But had you had any experience like designing shoes? I used to sell boots. My family was in, had a big retail store. So I got to learn about how boots and shoes are made, all the different parts and, you know, what goes into it. Had you had any experience in the shoe business? Because it's kind of an interesting dynamic, you know? No, I, I did not, interestingly enough. But, you know, being around the game for a while, I'd previously worked for McGregor Golf and then Palmer. Um you know, when you start looking at the swing and how how distance is created and you're developing clubs and things of that nature, you start start really looking down at the feet. And, uh, you know, when I, you know, came up with the idea, um, I went to some friends of mine in the footwear industry and I told them what I wanted to do. And I got a couple of good recommendations uh, of designers. Um I'm originally from Massachusetts. I live in New Hampshire now, but uh, in Massachusetts, you've got New Balance, Converse, you've got Reebok and a host of other companies that Wolverine that that reside in that area. So one of the things is that there's a lot of uh, designers, independent designers out there. And I was very fortunate to go with them. And I said, look, um, what I'd like to do is is build a golf shoe. Uh, but I did want to start with a squared off toe, a more squared toe than it's not perfectly straight in the front, but it's a more squared off toe. And this is why. And that's how it all began. Well, it makes a lot of sense. Now, I've never even been able to try on a pair of squares. So, um, <clears throat> but it makes sense to me, especially what you're talking about with the feet and not pushing in your toes. Because if you look at, of the design of regular golf shoes, they're all kind of rounded. And I guess if you were in the footwear business, you could say they were a U-toe or a J-toe or something like that. But, and as you get older, and I'm living proof of this, Bob, your feet spread out more. Okay. The years of your, your body weight and work and exercise running, what have you, your feet tend to spread. And to me, there's and there's nothing wrong with these brands, but there's a few brands of shoes out there I can't comfortably wear anymore. Okay. Um, and some of the tried and true ones that I've had over the years, there I'm still with them. But for example, with Nike, for some reason I can't 
get comfortable in a pair of Nike shoes. They're world's biggest brand. I there's nothing wrong with them, you know, but I can't make that fit. So it intrigues me about the giving the the toes, if you will, more room to spread out and have more balance with. Well, that's the key. Is there's a lot more to the shoe than just the 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 more square toe area and your toes sitting naturally. So so that that will inherently give you better balance. But one thing they've been after in footwear making for a long time is to expand the base under the ball of your foot. Mm-hmm. So the wider you can make that base within reason. Um, is is the better off you'll be in terms of balance and stability because the 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 golf swing happens uh, really from the ball of your foot back to your heel and that's that's the critical area. So if you can widen the base on the ball of your foot, you're going to have now added balance and stability. So on the bottom of our shoe, when you take and you flip your shoes over, if you get a square toe, you get a wider base. There's more surface contact area with the ground than there is with any other golf shoe. Sure. So so that that produces some very interesting dynamics. So what's involved in the golf swing and creating power and distance is, is really to eliminate inefficiencies in the swing, which is if you have proper balance and stability, and then you can generate pressure with the ground, it's one thing to to create that pressure. Um, it's another thing to use it. And the reason why you don't use it is what they call postural control. And that's the single most difference between a professional golfer and an amateur golfer is what they call postural control. That's controlling your body throughout the golf swing consistently. And it's their ability, the tour player's ability to do that is why they're so good. So if you can get that balance and stability, create that pressure with the ground, then that pressure that you, it's Newton's third law, or every action has a reaction. So right. you're pressing down on the ground, that energy is coming back up through you, down your arms, down that club and into the ball. And that interaction is called ground force reaction. Now that shoe, our shoe, produces better ground force reaction than any other golf shoe we've ever tested. And I'd like to think we've tested almost every single golf shoe out there. Oh, cool. We're going to take a break here on Grilling at the Green, and Bob and I will be back right after this. Please stay with us. Hi, everybody. It's JT, and this is a special version of Grilling at the Green. Grilling at the Green is brought to you in part by Painted Hills Natural Beef. Beef you can be proud to serve your family and friends. That's Painted Hills Natural Beef. Welcome back to Grilling at the Green here on AM860, The Answer at Golf News Network. We've got some big news coming from Golf News Network here very shortly. I'm sure Bob knows about that, but my buddy Ryan back there has created an entire golf channel that's um, or a channel dedicated to golf, if you will, on iHeart. And we'll be doing a launch on that uh, probably within the next month, I think. That's going to be a very cool thing. Also, our friends at Smokey Bones. I don't know if y'all are familiar with Smokey Bones, but they're a, a restaurant chain. 
that is based in Florida, but they have 63 locations. They go clear up to Illinois and all of that. And they've got their summer rib feast, 1999. Um, it's for a limited time offer, but you get your rack of ribs, you get some sides, you get some beverages you have to eat in at the restaurant but that's it 20 bucks get you a rib dinner that's a pretty good deal that's at smoky bones out there on the east coast we're talking with uh should i call you mr robert (laughs) (laughs) bob is perfectly fine okay um bob's the one that came up with square shoes uh the squares golf shoe. how'd you get nick baldo to do this you know, that's quite an interesting story. So we launched uh, uh, about two and a half years ago at the PGA show. Um, and um, in January, they have the annual PGA show in January. And we uh, I get a call in May, uh, like the first week in May. And I answer the phone. It says, you know, my name is Jeremy. I'm uh, Sir Nick, agent, Sir Nick Feldo's agent. Uh, Sir Nick would like to get a couple pairs of shoes. And uh, I'm like, okay, who is this? I thought it was a friend of mine breaking my chops. You know, I thought it was uh, some kind of prank. And so as it would have it, uh, Sir Nick was doing, he had a show, what was called the Faldo Formula, and where he does testing of products. And he said, look, you know, he's heard about the shoes, saw him out there and social media would like to test a couple of pairs. So we sent him some pairs. About uh, three weeks later, I did a Zoom call with him. And... um, he asked me to give the overview of the shoe. And he said, well, I want to tell you something. I've played two rounds in them. I walked down to the beach, which is five miles and back. He said, these are the most comfortable golf shoes I've ever worn. I feel like I'm more stable. I'm hitting the ball better. How do I get involved? Very cool. Yeah. Yeah. And uh, we created a deal. Um, and uh, he's an equity shareholder in the company. And uh He's uh, he's a great guy to do business with. He's very uh, very involved and uh, likes to see uh, likes to see our growth and participate in some designs. Excellent. When you come up with your designs, I was, you know, doing my due diligence, surfing your website last night and stuff. Um, that's always kind of intrigued me. I did like the John Daly ones, by the way. Well, I like all of them, but the but Daly's <laughs> deal. I, I couldn't figure out if there was a little Hooters logo on there somewhere or not. <laughs> no, no, no. It's that that's that too is a funny story with John Shoe. I he asked me to do a shoe for him. So we designed this shoe. It looked very nice, very prim and proper, and uh, you know, very uh, you know, traditional. And I sent it to him. I get a phone call and he goes, Brother, brother, uh Look, this isn't me. He goes, <laughs> I'm a redneck. He goes, I'm an Arkansas loving redneck. And so uh, he goes, you got to do something representative of my personality. So we just said, all right. And, uh, you know, we put the Arkansas pig on there and we put redneck. We did a silhouette of him. And I sent it to him. He goes, I've got a tear in my eye, you know. <laughs> So well, yeah, he is great. He really is. He's a lot of fun. Oh, they, they well, they all look fun. But when I saw daily shoes, I went, okay, these guys got it down. They're doing okay there. Yeah. yeah. What's been your biggest challenge so far, Bob? You know, it's, it's, uh, it's, it's marketing, getting, getting, you know, visibility amongst these, you know, mammoth size companies like in nike your adidas your echoes and you know you've certainly got foot joy who's number one there's a lot of noise out there but 
you know, we, we have broken through that um, with a performance message. You know, I, I, I like to tell everybody, Jeff, that, that, look, there are two connections in the game of golf. Your hands to the club and your feet to the ground. And I would ask people, which one is more important? Now, your arms follow your body. And I can take pretty much any driver, and there's been tests out there done like this. In fact, my golf spike did something like this a while ago where they tested all these drivers and the difference between the, the, the best performing number one and number five was less than three yards. The difference between one and three were less than two yards. And the third best driver they tested was five years old. So look, it's, it's, um, I try to tell people that your feet and your balance and your stability to golf shoe are more important. So it's, it's really the, the greatest challenge is to get people to start thinking about their feet and that the, the, the most important piece of equipment is not in your golf bag. It is your golf shoe because without the balance, the stability and that ground connection, you're not going to have a good, consistent swing that optimizes your capabilities and your distance. So the greatest challenge is to sell everybody on the fact that a golf shoe can help you play better golf, which it can. Yeah. And I contrast that to some of the things you brought up before is there are brands out there that get very narrow toes and you name one. The other one is Adidas and, and they're both good companies and they've done a lot right. But, you know, somebody will order a size 10 in ours and they'll do a 10 and a half in Adidas or Nike because they're looking to get more room. So one of the things I tell people is that your interaction with the ground, your balance stability is, is paramount. So get a good solid golf shoe. And if you can take a golf shoe and hold it by the heel and the toe and twist it, throw it away. It, it cannot facilitate the golf swing. And I watched this industry since 2009 when Echo launched, go to these lightweight sneaker-like shoes. And people say, well, they're more comfortable. But the proof is, is that it's, it's energy leakage. There's so much energy leakage. And they start making the midsoles very thick. And that's energy absorption. So mm -hmm. when you put the pressure on the ground, it absorbs it going one way and absorbs it coming back. So I, I say stay away from these lightweight shoes. They need good structure, and, and that's the key. Good structure, balanced ability, and that's inherently what we've done. So we're selling a performance message where a lot of these guys out are coming out with all these colorful different ways, and I'm saying, look, it's proof, not promise. I can put you on a pressure mat, and I can show you the differences between golf shoes, and we've done that. I bet you have. And I want to follow up on that in our next segment. We're going to take a break. Um, what are we going to do? Oh, we're going to talk some more about Squares Golf Shoes when Bob's coming back with us. And uh, we'll be back in about 45, 50 seconds. Take care. Hey, it's JT, and this part of Grilling at the Green is brought to you in part by Ben Hogan Golf. Check them out online at benhogangolf.com. Welcome back to Grilling at the Green. Uh, we've got uh, Bob, I'm going to say it again right now, uh, Winskowitz. Winskowitz. Yep. Winskowitz, yep. Yeah, I got it right, sort of. Um, we'd like to thank the folks at Painted Hills Natural Beef, Beef the Way Nature Intended. If you want to email us, it's very simple. Just info at grillingatthegreen.net. And we are on all the social media platforms. Uh, 
in addition to the radio stations we're on. So here's the deal. As you uh, get older, your balance isn't as good. It's just not. Okay. I mean, yeah, there's some people that can still do gymnastics at 75 years old, but they're more of an anomaly than a normality to me. It seems to me that um, if Squares does what you say they are, and I believe you because of everything I've read and seen, it would also help the golfers uh, a little bit on their on their balance just naturally because mm-hmm. it's not as good. You don't move as fluidly as you when you get older. Um, you know, you try to, but the body sometimes just says, yeah, can't do that today. You know what I mean? So I would think that that is it. And the other thing I wanted to say, Bob, was I have some of those lightweight golf shoes. They are comfortable. I don't think they're any more comfortable than anything else, but they are comfortable. But the other thing I have a problem with them is a lot. I live in Oregon. It's a little bit like New Hampshire, except you guys get more snow than we do. But the point is our ground is soft a lot of the year. Okay. And you can slip. I mean, you're not going to slip and fall down, but you know what I mean? You can slide a foot out from underneath you when you're, when you're driving or you're hitting a little uphill iron shot or something, you know, balls above your feet. I've noticed that, and I've had them for two or three years. Uh, They're not too bad when the ground is really hard and dry, but when it's damp and stuff here, there's no grip to them like that. And I hear the same thing, Jeff. And, you know, it's interesting is that there are studies out there, one called the Pinehurst study, that the difference between a spikeless shoe and and they define a spikeless shoe as one without a removable cleat mm-hmm. and a spike shoe. The difference is between seven and 10 yards of distance on a driver. <laughs> and then when you get into a side hill, downhill lied, it's far greater. And uh, I'm sure you remember this is Ben Hogan had an extra cleat. Right put on the bottom of his right foot and nobody knew about it for a couple of years. And the reason he did that is because he understood ground connection and using the ground. And that's a term you're going to hear a lot of in the coming, coming months is how do you use the ground? And uh, Ben Hogan was somebody who understood the importance of that. And uh, so I'm a big firm believer in that if you're not playing with a shoe with spikes on it, you're losing distance, balance, and stability. Yeah, absolutely. Like I said, they're comfortable. The spikeless shoes are comfortable. And not all of us have that fluid Fred couple swing. You know? <laughs> right, right. And um, and because I know Freddie was one of the first people to come out with the echoes and was walking around and everybody went, ooh, ah, ah, like that. But for an average guy, uh, it doesn't have that swing. Maybe you should you look know, at something still- else. Right. There's still a lot of guys on tour. You'll hear them on Sundays walking when the TV is right. Uh, cameras right next to them. that clack, clack, clack on the uh, on the tire. They're still yeah. wearing the metal spikes. We as amateur can't do it. But there was a study done. I think it was about three years ago that um, out of all the tournaments, one, I think it was like 45 percent of a one by somebody wearing a metal cleat uh, on the PGA Tour. And the reason why they still do it, Justin Thomas, uh, Tiger did before he got hurt, uh, Mickelson, a lot of these guys are, are still wearing them. And, and it's because of ground connection and their ability to use the ground. 
Yeah. Well, I can tell you that just from, and I am far from being uh, a top amateur or anything like that, but I can tell you that when you can, when I wear a shoe with a cleat on it, it's the difference, not just in distance, but as far as the feel and for the control on my end, my personal control, it's the difference between night and day for me. Yeah, and I, and I see it in a lot of golfers, and we can measure that, too. In fact, uh, an interesting study, too, was a, uh, a gentleman in the U.K. with a five iron tested uh, tested his swing speed based upon wearing barefoot, a spikeless shoe, and a spike shoe. And with barefoot, he was swinging at about 82 miles an hour uh, with a five iron. And with, with spikeless, 81 miles an hour. And with spike shoes, 84 miles an hour. Now, most people say, well, why was he swinging faster in bare feet? Well, that's because he could grip the ground with his toes to get better connection. Right. So the evidence and the proof is out there in ground connection that everybody, whether they wear squares or not, should be wearing spikes under the bottom of feet. And everybody thought you couldn't have spikes and comfort. And that's one of the things that we solve for. Right. How do you how do you break some of those barriers that we were talking about earlier to get into uh, maybe some of the larger sporting goods stores or work with companies like, you know, Kemper or Troon or something to try? I know each pro shop kind of can do their own thing, but sometimes you got to get in from the top and work down a little bit. You know, yeah, yeah. You know, we we started this. We're direct to the consumer right now. We we had no interest in going to try to break that retail uh, barrier. Uh, you, you know, it's tough to get shelf space. It's tough to to get marketing support in there, uh, given all the big brands. So we stayed direct to the consumer, and we built this thing really from the ground up. No pun intended. That sure. we, you know, we went out and did social media, did email, and the beauty of what we have here is that when you buy a shoe, I know who you are. I know our consumer because we've got your email address. And then what we do is we send you more emails and say, look, you got a new model coming out. You know, here's a Christmas offer, Father's Day offer. And so so our end goal really isn't the retail. Ours is, is to 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 utilize you know our social media our email database and we spend a lot of money on tv now the other thing is is that we got sir nick and he looked at it tested it out we got that validation point we have mark kalkovecki fred funk we have uh john daly and then on the pga tour if you watched last weekend you would have saw squares all day yesterday with sep straka sep yeah. was wearing our shoes yesterday he's uh He's been wearing our shoes for a year and a half. He won it for his first time ever at the Honda Classic. Uh, won that. Yesterday, Cheese, uh, he was so close. He went in the playoff and last, lost in the third play. But, I mean, here's a guy that, you know, uh, was 130-something in FedEx points, and this right now he's number eight. So you get that tour support, that visibility, that validation of winning on tour. That's how you break through. That's how you do it. Uh, Bob and I are going to take a break. We're going to be back with more of the square shoes, square golf shoes story and all of that right after this. Hi, this is Bruce Furman. I'm the director of instruction out at Langdon Farms Golf Club. And today's tip, I'm going to talk a little bit about your grip and, and your wrist positions. And most people that are average players have no clue. They just hold the club, whatever feels comfortable. But the face is the biggest determination of how the ball starts. So the 
wherever your face is aimed at impact, that's where the ball is going to start. And then the combination of the path, meaning the direction your club is, is going, and the face, that determines how much it's going to curve. And so how you hold the club and how your wrists are when you swing back and down are very important, and you should understand what your tendencies are. And There are three basic wrist positions at the top of the swing. There's bowed wrists, and that's somebody like John Rahm or Kepka or Morikawa. They usually have what we call a combination grip, where they have a weaker left hand, and I'm talking about a right-handed player, by the way, a weaker left hand grip and a strong right hand, and that tends to bow the wrist. And There's a lot of guys doing that right now. It's not that easy to do. I don't normally recommend everybody trying to do that, but it, it does work. And then there's what's called a flat left wrist at the top, and, and that's more of a neutral grip, and that would be somebody like Tiger or, or Adam Scott. And then there's a cupped wrist at the top, and that's usually from a strong grip, which means for a right-hander, the grip is to the right, or you'll see more knuckles. Somebody like Couples has that. So how your wrists are at the top and how they come down, whether you're flexing your wrists, which means bending the palm down towards your wrist, or you're extending, raising the back of the hand toward uh, your, your, your forearm, those things make a big difference on how that club face comes into the ball. And so you should understand that. And if you don't, you should go see a pro and uh, make sure that you understand that and match all those things up. And then you'll play a lot better golf. Thank you, Bruce. We appreciate that. Folks, you can find out more about Bruce by going to the Langdon Farms website. Check on the instruction icon there. It'll have a little drop-down menu. You'll see a, a uh, picture of Bruce and his hours and what he teaches and all that. I think there's even a rate card on there, so that's what you can do. Hi, everybody. It's JT, and this is a special version of Grilling at the Green. Grilling at the Green is brought to you in part by Painted Hills Natural Beef. Beef you can be proud to serve your family and friends. That's Painted Hills Natural Beef. Welcome back to Grilling at the Green. I'm JT, and today we're talking with Robert Winkowitz. How's that? Winskowitz. Did I say it right that time? Yep. Yeah. I got it. All right. Um, of all the years you've been involved in the golf business, Bob, uh, from Arnold to McGregor to what you're doing now, the little personal observation here, where do you think we're at? Um, in, in right now in the game, um, you know, the game is still very healthy. I've seen some numbers that, you know, we could be slightly down from where we were last year, but last year was a quantum leap, you know, uh, given, given COVID. Uh, so from an equipment perspective and, and, you know, rounds played, I think the industry is pretty good. I don't like what's happening out there, you know, um, with, with the live in the PGA, um, mm-hmm. and, and the, indifferences players are showing to each other the, the the how the media is stirring the pot um i think this whole situation is it's it's uh it could have been handled much better um it's it's yeah. two people could have gotten a room and figured this out and and let them find a way to coexist and benefit the game of golf um 
you know, look, a lot of people out there from the business side don't realize this isn't like baseball. You sign a $50 million contract and whether you play or not, you get it. These guys have to pay their caddies, their flights and, 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 and look, you know, they're, they're, they're out there fighting every day for a paycheck. Um, and if, if, if you want to have a live where they can go and play six or seven events and not take away from the PGA tour that you mandate, maybe they play in 17 events versus 14 to 15. Uh, I think there was a way you could have worked this out that it wouldn't be at this point. Um, I don't like that. I don't like, you know, watching a golf channel and see people rip people apart like that. I just think it's, 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 uh, it's not in the best interest of this game. And it just leadership in this industry could have handled this better. I think that's well said. Um, uh, yeah. I mean, I, I've gone into depth on this a couple of times with like Gary Van Sickle and stuff. Who's a friend, but he also writes for sports illustrated, what have you. And Gary's covered stuff for a long time. Um, I think the sour taste, I think you hit it right on the money. I don't think the sour taste particularly came from the creation of another opportunity. I think it was all one, how it was handled and who was handling it. And then the personalities got involved and then everything just went to hell in a handbasket. I, I couldn't agree more. You know, I, I, well said, you know, and it, it, it's, it's, it's a shame because you know, I watch this going back and forth and, 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 and the players want to say, some of the players want to say one thing and say, some say another, you get all the media out there. And, and then when you go out and you ask the people like myself, who's a golfer, just wants to watch good golf, likes it, enjoys the competition. Nobody's asking us what we think. Nobody, no. you know, they're all fighting it out. And we're sitting there saying, listen, ultimately at the end of the day, we pay the bills. You know, we're the ones that spend and watch and and buy stuff on tour. And, you know, look, there's a, there's got to be a way where they figure this out and stop it. I would hope because if here's my prognostication and that will get you absolutely nothing. But uh, if they if they don't, if this. Going back and forth and beating each other up and. And now you're in the courts. And if you've had any experience with big lawsuits, those don't end in 60 days. They drag on and on and on, uh, especially with bigger entities like the PGA and that. Mm -hmm. uh, this probably isn't going to get resolved very quickly at this point. And that's unfortunate. So, Bob, how can they folks listening to the show find out more about Squares Golf Shoes? Yes, you can go to squares.com and that's S-Q-A-R-S-Q-A-I-R-Z, squares. Yep. And yes. you can go to squares.com and uh, everybody listening today uh, can use the code distance and they will get $20 off, free shipping, a free pair of socks, and what we call our free spikes for life. Once your spikes start wearing down, all you do is pay the $6.99 shipping and handling. We send you a free set of spikes. Oh, God, that's a great deal. Yep, that's squares.com, S-Q-A-I-R-Z. Uh, Robert Winkowitz, Squares Golf founder. He's going to stick around for after hours. But, man, thanks for taking the time to oh, be with us today. All it right. really was a pleasure. Thanks, Jeff. You bet. We'll be back next week uh, here on the radio.
um, with another edition of Grilling at the Green. And then uh, you can listen to the after hours and then the podcast version of this here in a week or so. All right. Take care, everybody. Go out and play some golf. Grilling at the Green is produced by JTSD Productions, LLC, in association with Salem Media Group, all rights reserved.